tuned into the greatest. Turn the music up in the headphones. Tim, you can go and brush your shoulders off. I got you. Yeah. If you're feeling like a pimp, go and brush your shoulders off. Ladies, is pimps too. Go and brush your shoulders off. This is crazy, baby. Don't forget that boy told your kid. I probably owe it to y'all, probably be locked by the force Trying to hustle some things, that go with the posh Feeling no remorse, feeling like my hand was false Middle finger to the Lord, nigga, gripping my balls Said the ladies, they love me, from the bleachers, they screaming All the ballers is bouncing, they like the way I be leaning All the rappers be hating, off the trap that I'm making But all the hustlers, they love it, just to see one of us making Came from the bottom, the bottom, to the top of the pops London, Japan, and I'm straight off the block Like a running back, get it, man, I'm straight off the block I can run it back, cause I'm straight with the rock Come on, you feeling like a pimp, nigga, gone, brush your shoulders Oh, 
Good morning to all our listeners around the world. Logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. Of course, I have to say good morning to my studio audience, courtesy of Clubhouse. It's Tuesday, July 19th, Turned Up Tuesday. We're playing yesterday's favorites and today's hits. Thank you for joining me for Coffee and Toll World News on the Go every Monday through Friday, starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Me Media Moments on Instagram, Moments underscore with underscore me underscore media. Take the John No family on the go with you. Download the app today, J-A-H-K-N-O, available in your Apple and Google Play stores. And for music while you work and just want to take it easy, log on to QMZRadio.com, the quality music zone. Get down, girl, go ahead, get down. Get down, girl, go ahead, get down. Get down, girl, go ahead. Now I ain't saying you a gold digger, you got knees. You don't want to do the smoke, but he can't buy you go out to eat, he can't pay, y'all can't leave. His dishes in the back, you gotta roll up your sleeves. But while y'all washing, watch him. He gon' make it to a beans out of that toxin. He got that ambition, baby. Look at his eyes. This week he mopping floors, next week is the fries. So stick by his side. I know his dudes ballin' and yeah, that's nice. And they gon' keep calling and trying, but you stay right, girl. And when he get on, he leave your for a white girl. Get down, girl, gon' head, get down. Get down, girl, gon' head, get down. Get down, girl, gon' head, get down. Get down, girl, gon' head. Let me hear that back. Headlines we have coming up for you today in international news. Prince Harry challenges divided world. 
to reclaim democracies. EU signs deal with Azerbaijan to double gas imports by 2027. Ivory Coast's controversial polygamy bill, all you need to know. In news out of North America, robbers in California steal $100 million worth of gems and jewelry from Brinkstruck. Ted Cruz says U.S. Supreme Court was clearly wrong about its decision to legalize same-sex marriage. Dust storm causes a 21-vehicle pileup in Montana, killing six people, including three children. A man driving by a burning home in Indiana stops to rescue five children inside. We do also have, in my opinion, U.S. justice system is a perfect instrument of racist rule. In business and tech news, pieces of bread, or prices of bread, sorry, are rising faster than inflation, causing a sticker shock of $10 per loaf. Zoom's newest competitor is Snapchat. In health and science news, Ghana confirms its first two cases of the deadly and contagious Marburg virus. And in the Caribbean corner, out of Jamaica, murder probe, two cops arrested, search on for another who fled the island. Digicel signs partnership with St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Two Caribbean community leaders to pay official visits to Trinidad and Tobago. On the sports scene, Oregon 22 silver medal, a redemption for Shanika Ricketts. And world champs Jackson Fraser Price and Thompson Hira make the 200 meter semis. Entertainment, Burna Boy thanks Barbados for kicking off the Love Damini tour. In our Latin America corner, Mexican drug lord portrayed in Netflix's Narcos arrested in deadly manhunt. New roadblocks go up in Panama as protesters reject government deal. And believe it or not, stories, Sesame Street, Sesame Place, responds to viral video of characters snubbing two little black girls. More parents share rather similar experiences. A Maryland man pepper sprays and stabs a deli shop worker for trying to stop him from stealing the tip jar. Connecticut man arrested after pointing gun at two women who did not thank him for holding the door for them. <laughs> I should not be laughing at that one. Please forgive me. Entertainment news. Tristan Thompson spotted with mystery woman in Greece following news of second child with Khloe Kardashian. We'll have the details coming up right after the music break. Thank you once again for tuning in to Coffee Dough World News on the Go. Today, it's Turned Up Tuesday. We're playing yesterday's favorites or yesterday's hits and today's favorites, whatever way you want to put it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, two step with me, two step with me, one, then comes the two to the three to the four, everybody drunk out on the dance floor, baby girl ass jiggle like she want more, like she a groupie and I ain't even no tour, maybe cause she heard that I rhyme hardcore, or maybe cause she heard that I buy out the stores, bottom of the ninth in the city got a score, if not I gotta move on to the next floor, then comes the three to the two to the one, Boy trippin', he don't know I got the gun When it come to poppin', we do this for fun You ain't got one, sickin', you better run Now I'm in the back, gettin' in from my huns Why she goin' down, I'm breakin' on what I done She smokin' my stuff, sayin' she ain't having fun She give it back, now you don't get none Everybody in the club
so much drama in the LBC. It's kind of hard being Snoop D-O-double G, but I somehow, someway keep coming up with funky the shade like every single day. May I kick a little something for the G's and make a few ends as I breeze through. Two in the morning and the party still jumping cause my mama ain't home. I got sisters in the living room getting it on and they ain't leaving till six in the morning. So what you want to do? I got a pocket full of rubbers and my homeboys do too. So turn off the lights and close the doors. But for what? We don't love them. Yeah. So we gon' smoke a slash to this. Jeans up, off down. Why you look up for the bounce
thank you to all the listeners logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com, JohnDoRadio.com, and everyone here with me on Clubhouse where the conversation happens. I'm Moments With Me. You're listening to Coffee in Tow, World News on the Go, every Monday through Friday starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. Follow me on Twitter at MeMediaMoments, on Instagram, Moments underscore with underscore me underscore media. Don't forget to go ahead and download that Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O, available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Coming up later on tonight, or this evening, or afternoon, or morning, depending on where in the world you are, it's The Rose Solo Show. That happens at 7 p.m. Eastern on QMZRadio.com, JanoRadio.com, ViscosityBlend.com, FutureFM.net, FutureFM 98.9 in the Bronx, Westchester, and Mount Vernon. And yes, she will be on Clubhouse this evening as well. Check her out, The Rose Solo Show. I must make an apology for that, Aishana. Listen, I, I was so happy to find a clean version, but evidently I did not select the clean version. They, it was right next to the um, original. <laughs> so I thought I pressed the um, edited one because I listened to the edited one. And I'm like, yes, I found it, Equal Rights and Justice. One of my favorite songs, by the way. Yes. Um, yeah, love that song. She has a voice. She has spoken for the women around the world. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited. I'm like, yes, I got it. So I thought that was the one I selected, only to be playing the song now in the lineup. And I hear the um, explicitness. So... I had to cut it short. So I do apologize to my listeners. Hope there were no children around. Please forgive me. I, I guess you think you got it and you don't, right? Okay, now it's time for the details. Let's get into it. And we're starting off with international news. Prince Harry challenges divided world to reclaim democracies. And this story comes to us courtesy of the Associated Press. Britain's Prince Harry challenged people everywhere on Monday to adopt Nelson Mandela's spirit of hope in today's divided world to reclaim democracies and leave a better future for children, movingly citing the inspiration of the anti-apartheid leader on his own life and his memories of his late mother, Princess Diana. In a keynote and often personal speech to the UN, General Assembly's annual celebration Monday of Nelson Mandela International Day, the 37-year-old Duke of Sussex set a photo on his wall of his mother meeting Mandela in Cape Town in March 1997, just five months before her death is in my heart every day. He spoke about his first visit to Africa as a 13-year-old and how the continent has not only given him hope but to become my lifeline, a place where I have found peace and healing time and time again. It's where I felt closest to my mother and sought solace after she died and where I knew I had found my soulmate in my wife, Harry said as his wife, Megan, sat listening in the front row of the vast General Assembly Hall filled with diplomats from many of the UN's 193 member nations. As the father of two young children, Archie three and Lilibet one, the prince expressed concern about the planet they and millions of others will inherit. 
The world is at a pivotal moment, he said, facing converging crises, including the COVID-19 pandemic, climate change, a small number of people weaponizing lies and disinformation at the expense of many, the horrific war in Ukraine and the rolling back of constitutional rights here in the United States. That was an apparent reference to the U.S. Supreme Court's recent decision reversing a woman's constitutional right to an abortion. We are witnessing a global assault on democracy and freedom, the cause of Mandela's life, the prince said. Harry said people have a choice. Become apathetic, angry, and despair. Or do what Mandela did every day during his 27 years in prison and the rest of his life, including as South Africa's first black president, which was to find meaning and purpose in the struggle. He said he has met parents around the world who are as determined as Mandela was to give their children a better shot at a brighter future because they know the price of inaction will be paid by the next generation. The General Assembly established July 18, Mandela's birthday, as an international day to honor him, not only by celebrating his life and contributions, but by carrying out the tradition of participating in a community service activity. Harry challenged people everywhere to commit to celebrating Mandela, not just once a year, but every day by carrying out acts of service to improve the world. Well said. I wonder how he feels um, being married to Megan and having biracial children. I wonder how he feels about the whole situation in the Commonwealth as it relates to those countries that want to separate from the um, monarchy. Um, How does he feel about the speeches that are given on behalf of the queen where there is no true apology? Because, of course, if there is, it could lead to the them having to address the conversation about reparation. I wonder how he feels about that. What are those conversations like with himself and Megan? I would love to be a fly on their dining room wall or in their living room to hear what the exchange is like. Would his um, message be different if he were the one um, standing in place of the queen, touring as they celebrate the jubilee, the queen's jubilee? I'm just wondering, because he is a radical. He goes against the grain. He's a rebel, if you want to call him that. Clearly, because <laughs> he's like, you know, middle fingers up. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to do what makes me happy, even if it costs me being rejected and separated from the monarchy. I choose to embrace love. I choose to embrace equality. I choose peace in my life and i'll never forget what you made happen to my mother whether it's directly or indirectly but your actions your voice somehow led to the horrific passing of my mom so i would love to know how he feels i'd love to have that conversation with him or someone have that conversation with him and i'm sure if he comes out (laughs) and says how he feels and it is in support of the commonwealth and those who are very aghast about everything that they have upheld over the centuries what exactly will they do with him 
Will he be totally ostracized and cut off at that point? I don't know. But it would be pretty interesting. Yeah. So, the European Commission signed a memorandum of understanding with Azerbaijan to double imports of Azeri natural gas to at least 20 billion cubic meters a year by 2027. Today, with this new memorandum of understanding, we're opening a new chapter in our energy cooperation with Azerbaijan, a key partner in our efforts to move away from Russian fossil fuels, Commission President Ursula von der Leyen said on Monday. She said the European Union is seeking to double gas imports from Azerbaijan as it seeks non-Russian suppliers after Moscow's invasion of Ukraine. Azerbaijan is a crucial energy partner for us that has always been reliable, she said at a joint news conference with the president, Ilham Aliyev, following the signing ceremony in Baku, the Azeri capital. Through the Trans-Adriatic Pipeline, Azerbaijan is delivering currently more than 8 billion cubic meters of gas per year, and we will expand its capacity to 20 billion cubic meters. The Azeri gas imports will already increase to 12 billion next year, which will help compensate for cuts in supplies of Russian gas and contribute significantly to Europe's security of supply. Aliyev stressed that issues of energy security today are more important than ever before. He also added, long-lasting, predictable, and very reliable cooperation between EU and Azerbaijan in the field of energy is a big asset. The Southern Gas Corridor transporting Azeri gas to the EU has been operational since 2020. Our next story comes out of Ivory Coast, courtesy of Al Jazeera. On June 30, a member of the Ivorian Parliament introduced a bill to legalize polygamy, claiming that the practice remains widespread across regions in the country and ought to be legally permitted. Yakuba Sangare, the MP who proposed the change, described the current matrimonial legislation in Ivory Coast as a generalized hypocrisy. The elected member of the ruling, uh, the rally of who, or I can't pronounce this one, I think it's who. Hufutists, or Hufutists, someone can correct me on that one, H-O-U-P-H-O-U-E-T-I-S-T-S, for democracy and peace. Party filed a bill to amend a June 2019 law that stipulates that no one may contract a new marriage before the first one is dissolved and that sole state officials have the authority to legalize a union. But the proposal has since sparked outrage among women's rights organizations and feminist groups who have dubbed it a step back in the fight against gender inequality. So let's look a little bit closer at marriage in Ivory Coast. Since 1964, a strict monogamous system has been the proscribed form of marriage in the country, even though polygamous marriages contracted before that date are still deemed legal. So traditional ceremonies that often involve a dowry for wives other than the first one are not recognized by law. But even though polygamy has declined in recent years, it is still widely practiced in sub-Saharan Africa, with a tenth of the population living in polygamous households, according to a 2019 study conducted by the Pew Research Center. In Ivory Coast, the figure is slightly higher. 12% of all households are polygamous, according to the same study. Sangare has been advocating for polygyny, 
the practice of having more than one wife to become legal since 2014. He has repeatedly stated that the status quo is not adapted to, to local reality. Polygamy is a phenomenon that predates colonialism and has, has been part of the fabric of sub-Saharan societies for centuries. That's what he argues. The MP says the 1964 law that strictly recognizes monogamy has proven ineffective. There are women who are in de facto polygamous relationships but can't claim anything when the relationship is dissolved. They have no security. They find themselves alone, sometimes with children, to raise by themselves. This is why we want to put an end to this hypocrisy. Polygamous couples can be found everywhere in the country, across region, ethnic groups, religions, and social strata. So why not take them into account and protect them? What are the reactions to the bill? The bill has triggered strong reactions from human and women's rights activists who say polygamy creates inherent discrimination against women. During a news conference organized by the Ivorian League for Women's Rights on July 11, former Women Affairs Minister Constance Yai described the bill as a provocation. According to Constance, who is also head of the Association for the Defense of Women's Rights Advocacy Group, the MP's move is a new effort to alienate women. She added that giving men the option to marry more than one woman should con would contradict Ivorian law, citing Article 4 of the Constitution, which states, All Ivorians are born and remain free and equal in law. No one can be privileged or discriminated against because of their race, ethnicity, clan, tribe, or gender. Polygamy is not an appropriate response to male infidelity or an absence of communication in couples, she said at a recent news conference with fellow feminists and activists. But if they want to legalize it, let's make sure that women can also have multiple partners. Let's see if the House will pass a bill that creates equality between the sexes on the marriage front. I agree with that one. Yep. Following the bill's introduction, the conversation around discrimination against women in polygamous marriages has resurfaced, especially online where many are seemingly against it. You want to legalize polygyny because of male infidelity, one Twitter user wrote. Legalize polyandry also because of women's infidelity. All those who practice polygyny here are illegal since it is disguised adultery under the law and adultery tolerated by legitimate wives. Hmm. What next? The polygamy bill still has to undergo a series of steps before it can be submitted to a vote in-house, the highly bureaucratic process which also needs the assent of the Constitutional Court to become law could take anywhere between five months to five years, said Sangare. We are in no rush. These things always take time. Despite the controversy this bill has sparked, Sangare is adamant that feminist voices are not representative of public opinion. So far, no national survey has been done to better grasp what Ivorians think of polygamy and its place in society. Hmm. But women's rights activists have pledged to fight this bill with all the instruments at their disposal. We will push back every step of the way, said Yai. I remember last um, year in November when we started Days After Dark, the, the show that airs every Monday night, um, relationship 
real relationship talk, adult conversations. We had an episode dedicated to um, multiple partners, right? Polygamy, polyandry, monogamy. We, we spoke about the different um, <laughs> types of relationships. Um, I agree. If you're going to push for polygamy, women should also be able to practice what is it polyandry yeah where she can have more than one man listen freedom of choice if a woman wants to have more than one man let her have it it's happening all over the world anyway it is happening all let us not be hypocritical about it it is happening there are women who have more than one man. They are probably not married to them or living with them, but they have one that pays the light bill, one that pays the phone bill, one that pays the rent or mortgage, one that pays the car note. And they do put these men on a schedule. Some men know they're not the only man in the woman's life and they're okay with it. So too, there are a lot of quote-unquote polygamous relationships all around the world in every country. There are many men who have families living side by side. Yeah. Or just around the corner. Or five miles apart. It happens. The wife or the main woman knows to. But she's not letting him go. As miserable as it may make her, she's not letting him go. She stays in the situation. How many of us or how many of you have siblings right that are not your mother's child you may be the sibling on the outside and you see your father come around and he stays and your mother looks after him and then he goes back to his other family so let's not be hypocritical about it and i would say to the ivorians don't be hypocritical about it either if you're going to do it for men though Make sure you do it for the woman. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, some people turn their noses up, as, up at it, but to each his own. It's what works for you, right? Whatever you can manage. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I'm like, damn, I wish I had help. <laughs> I am not going to lie. There are times I'm like, I wonder what it's like having another person in the house where I'm tired. I said that yesterday to another person. Yesterday. It would be so good to have another person in my household. So I just look at my schedule. And summer camp ends on the 18th. And school don't start until August 30th. Like, what am I going to do with a kid for two whole weeks when I, I, I still have to work? The husband starts school the next day. What's going to happen? Where is there another parent or another partner in the house? I would love that. Male, female, I don't care. Somebody else joined this household. Help me out. Duh. So you feel me, Sonette? You feel 100%. me? 100%. Because I'm tired. I am, And I am at home. And I am tired. When school is in, my day starts at 5 o'clock in the morning. And it doesn't end. I don't have a help. I think it's up. Uh... Go ahead, Dre. Go ahead. No, I was just thinking it, it's a good idea to to consider both um, polyandry and 
and and on um, the other one polygamy um yeah polygamy so people can't stop hide exactly <laughs> you know? because as you say it's going on it's not for everybody no, definitely no. not for everybody but um at least that option is there so you have less broken homes you know because people want to do what they want regardless regardless so better to have them stop hiding yeah. And, 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 you know, and creating unbroken homes and all of that stuff. And um, if it's something legal, you know, they can work out everything, you know, like um, finance and, you know, when somebody pass on, you know, they could work out those stuff properly, you know. So, yeah, yeah that's just what I think. I agree. And there should be something, some provision made for the other partners or the other wives, right? Upon death, everything shouldn't just go to the first wife because the others were invested as well. So they need to work out the legal aspect of it so that all parties benefit. Yeah. And believe it or not, there are people outside of the states where they condone it right here in the U.S. that live that lifestyle. There are basketball players that live the lifestyle, but you just don't know about it. They keep it all hush-hush for fear of discrimination. There are a lot of people who do that. You know, and some people think it's all about sex, just as they think with uh, an alternate lifestyle. It's not always about sex. It isn't. There, there are some folks who have said they know they can't provide their partners every single need so they're okay there are some partners who say my spouse wants to go on trips i hate going on trips so the other person wants to go on trips let them go and have their fun i'm okay leave me alone division of labor women are burnt out women are burnt out totally and how many times you bring a maid or a helper in your house and your husband or partner ends up sleeping with them anyway they're helping you for real oh wow <laughs> it happens javette let's not pretend it happens it happens a lot there are go back to bible days the handmaid had the children too so they were helping out. Yeah. So it's something that they should consider. And who came up with monogamy? Who said monogamy is the only way to go? Because when I look in the Bible, I see a lot of polygamy. A whole lot of it. So who came up with the rule that um monogamy is the only legal way to live being in a monogamous relationship doesn't stop you from wanting somebody else let's be honest about that and that's why you have a lot of side chicks and side dudes and as to dre's point they have to hide these things let it be legal let people be able to live how they want to live so there's no more deception, no more lying. 
For those who want it, let them indulge. For those who don't, that's okay. I don't know. <laughs> I need help. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Those were our stories from the international scene coming up after the music break. We do have our stories out of North America. Here's some more music. Turned Up Tuesday, we were playing yesterday's hits and today's favorites.
Thank you to all of our listeners logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com, JohnNoRadio.com, and everyone here with me on Clubhouse where the conversation happens. Hi, Moments with me. You're listening to Coffee and Toe, World News on the Go, every Monday through Friday starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at MeMediaMoments, M-I Media Moments, on Instagram, moments underscore with underscore me underscore media. It is Turned Up Tuesday. We're playing yesterday's hits, today's favorites, or if you want to say yesterday's favorites and today's hits, whichever way you like. Coming up at 3 p.m. Eastern on JohnNoRadio.com, you have Strictly Foundation with DJ Trouble. And then at 7 p.m. Eastern, we have The Rose Solo Show. Also streaming live on ViscosityBlend.com, QMZRadio.com, FutureFM.net, and FutureFM 98.9 up there in the New York area, Mount Vernon, Westchester, and the Bronx. Now it's time for stories out of North America. Robbers in California steal $100 million worth of gems and jewelry from a Brinks truck. According to several officials, several million dollars worth of gems and jewelry was stolen from an armored vehicle in Southern California last week. The value of the stolen items is estimated to be more than $100 million. This is according to Brandy Swanson, a director at the International Gem and jewelry show in San Mateo, south of San Francisco. A Brinks security spokesperson, Donna Callahan, stated that the items were stolen while being transported to Los Angeles in one of their vehicles after a concert on July 10. Approximately 25 to 30 bags were stolen from the truck and 18 victims reported significant losses. Callahan, though, contested the estimated amount. According to the information the customers provided to us before they shipped their items, the total value of the missing items is less than $10 million, Brinks said in a statement. We are working with law enforcement and we will fully reimburse our customers for the value of their assets that were stolen in accordance with the terms of our contract. According to Swanson, mom and pop jewelers frequently underinsure their items because they cannot afford the expenses and premiums connected with ultimately protecting them. That's where the discrepancy comes in. These are mom and pop operators. They're devastated. Some of these people have lost their entire livelihoods. 
You know which movie I'm thinking about as I'm reading the story? <clears throat> Excuse me. That one with um, whew, chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. Idris Elba. Sorry, that's his name. Idris Elba. Um, Justin Timberlake. Uh, Chris Brown. That pretty eye boy. Oh my gosh, what's his name? He was married to Michael Ealy. Oh yes, yes, yes. Um. Yeah, it was a collection of some nice men in that movie. But anyway, let me... I have let me, no idea what we're talking about. I can't remember what the name that of movie? that movie. Um, they would rob banks. And... Um, okay. Yeah. T.I. did some time in jail. <clears throat> came out, got back with the organization, but tried to rob them. Um, <clears throat> oh, my gosh. Oh, Lord, what's the name of that damn movie? But... <clears throat> it's okay. Yeah. It has Chris Brown in it. Nobody cares. Yeah, it has Sorry. Some <laughs> it has some nice looking men in the movie. That 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 much. And Zoe, what's her name, is in the movie too. That girl from Avatar. Um, Saldano. Saldano, yes. Yeah, she's in that movie as well. That's the movie I was thinking about. And I'm wondering, did they set up explosives so that the armored truck would drop in the road, drop into the pit that would um, be created from the explosives? That's what's going through my mind. <laughs> Good morning. I don't know if you can hear me. I think yes, it's called Takers. Take, takers. <clears throat> yes, Rosola. Thank you. Thank you, Takers. That movie will never grow old. Just, you know, <clears throat> number one on my list in that movie is Idris Elba. Yeah. Mm hmm. Ah, say. Mm hmm. All right. Anyway, let me not digress. Let me stay focused. Stay on track. Stay on track. <laughs> but that's the, that's the movie I'm thinking about as I read that. Yeah, these things are in short. And um, I questioned the, the amount of it, too, as I read the part that says mom and pop jewelry stores. Would a mom and pop jewelry store really have, <clears throat> excuse me, that much jewelry, the value of, I should say, for a mom and pop jewelry store? You yes, ma'am. Yeah? Okay. So I'm misguided here. <laughs> okay. Because when they say mom and pop jewelry store, you know what I'm thinking about? Those jewelry stores like Pagoda, Piercing, or whatever that you see in the middle of the mall. <clears throat> Excuse me, as you're going by. Yeah, those are the stores. I'm not thinking of Rolex or um, what is the other one? You know, is K-Jewelers even still around? I don't know. They are. They are. I mean, that's like a huge corporation. Right. The one you mentioned before is another huge corporation. Have If they have spaces in malls, little one here, one there, one in malls across the country those are big big corporations but like as you imagine a strip mall jewelry store like you don't know their name or they're they're one here there's one maybe down the street mm -hmm. those people have money they have jewelry back okay. there okay. but i mean they just are unassuming they, they don't have the big k on their on their brand yeah okay yeah. thank you thank you for that Sonia. i think that's so. a valid point yeah that's a very valid point they could very well have that value um, yeah. So let's see what that investigation reveals. I, I would like to know how th this was planned. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. This was planned because they were transporting the, the, um, merchandise from a, what is it? A concert in, um, yeah. And they were heading to LA. So this was well organized. The only things that, excuse me, they may not be able to get away with it because I know 
some of the jewelry usually has serial numbers or something on it to identify. So if they try to pass it off, um, they're going to have a bit of a hard time, right? Unless they go international or somewhere. They probably have somebody with well-lined pockets waiting for the merchandise. This is not just simple people. Doesn't sound like simple people to me. Yeah, these are some heavy hitters, my opinion. Or do I watch too much TV? I don't know. But um, Ted Cruz, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> United States Senator Ted Cruz says the Supreme Court was wrong to legalize same-sex marriage on a federal level. On June 26, 2015, in a 5-4 vote, the U.S. Supreme Court voted to legalize same-sex marriage after determining that same-sex couples have a constitutional right to marry under the 14th Amendment, highlighting that states cannot ban same-sex marriage. Now, just seven years later, Republican Senator Ted Cruz is calling the Supreme Court's decision a poor move, saying the court was clearly wrong in the Obert. I'm not sure how you pronounce this, Sine. Help me out. O-B-E-R-G-E-F-E-L-L. Is it Obergefell? Obergefell? Obergefell. I've been hearing it a lot because that's one of the cases that um, Thomas cited in his dissent for Roe v. Wade. Mm -hmm. They're already planning to reverse it. It's Obergefell versus... Hodges. Thank you. Yeah. So It's it's, going to be overturned. Wow. So, wow. Anyway, Obergefell... but go ahead. Thomas go ahead. said he. Thomas said he was. Thomas said it in his case, in his in his dissent mm-hmm. when they wrote about what cases they were they were they were planning next mm-hmm. about Roe v. Wade. He thought that was also an error. So it's possible that they're going to go. For, let me actually say definitively, right. but it's very possible that they're going to try to overturn that the next time the court is in session. And that's back in which that's is in back October. in September, September or October, October. October. Yeah. Thank you, October. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Wow, Oberfell. Thank you, Sinet. Like Roe versus Wade ignored two centuries of our nation's history, Cruz said. Marriage was always an issue that was left to the states. We, st- we saw states before Oberfell. Some states were moving to allow gay marriage. Other states were moving to allow civil partnerships. There are different standards that the states were adopting. He continued, the way the Constitution set up for you to advance the position is convince your fellow citizens that if you succeed in convincing your fellow citizens, then your state would change the laws to reflect those views. In Oberfell, the court said, no, we know better than you guys do. And now every state must, must sanction and permit gay marriage. He went on to say, I think that decision was clearly wrong when it was decided, adding, it was the court overreaching. You know, Senator, I think they're going to overturn it and put it back to the states. And then, of course, we know that the red states, you know how they're going to go with which direction they're going to go in already. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I agree. I mean, that's the same thing back to the states. There's another one. I forget, I'm trying to remember it now, but it's not popping in my head. But there's another case that he mentioned. It wasn't loving. It's the other one. Anyway, when I think of it, I'll remind, I'll remind you. But if you go back to the dissent from, from Roe v. Wade, there are a couple things they're going after. They just they don't want anything to go with the federal government. They want everything to go back to states. And they already know where where the states are pushing. So right. It's all coming. Yeah. Oh, boy. A dust storm caused a 21-vehicle pileup in Interstate 90 in Bighorn County, Montana, on Friday evening, resulting in the deaths of six people, 
including three children, according to the Montana Highway Patrol. The Montana Highway Patrol um, said that six people that were killed were traveling in three different vehicles. Eleven individuals were injured, three of whom critically. A man driving by a burning home in Indiana stops to rescue five children inside. Uh, this story um, is courtesy of CNN, and thank you, DJ Naturalist, for sending this one over. A man in Indiana is being hailed as a hero by local officials after entering a home engulfed in flames last week and saving the lives of several children trapped inside the burning structure. Nicholas Bostic, 25, was driving in Lafayette, Indiana, just after midnight on July 11 when he saw a house on fire, according to a news release from the Lafayette Police Department, and pulled into the home's driveway. Bostic was able to enter through a back door that was open and began to check if there was anyone in the home, according to the release. He went upstairs. He found four children, ages ranging from 1 to 18 years old, asleep and woke them, helping them escape the home. Once Bostic was able to get the children out of the house, he learned that a fifth child, a six-year-old girl, was still inside. Heading back in, he searched for the girl, and when he heard her crying, he was able to locate her. Lafayette Police Department posted dramatic video on social media showing the moment firefighters arrive at the home, and Bostic is later seen walking from the flame-engulfed home with the girl in his arms. As he approaches the fire department personnel, he hands the girl to the firefighters and sits on the ground. Bostic was seriously injured during the rescue, according to authorities, suffering from smoke inhalation and deep cuts on his right arm. The girl was miraculously mostly uninjured. A spokesperson for Lafayette Police told CNN the family is doing well and has since met with Bostic at a friend's house and at church. The parents had left for the evening and the 18-year-old was with the children, police say. Nicholas Bostick's heroic actions saved lives. His selflessness during this incident is inspiring, and he impressed many with his courage, tenacity, and steadfast calmness in the face of such perilous dangers. A GoFundMe has been established by his family to help with his medical bills. Yeah, that was really selfless. Um, and thank God he did what he did to go in and save the lives of those children. You know what crossed my mind? <laughs> I flash back to the whole Roe versus Wade for a second. As I, you know, of course, an 18 year old, so that's an illegal adult, right? They're, so, of course, the parents are safe because of that, thank God. But if a 10, if a 10 or a 12 year old or a 13 year old has a child, and they're home with a child, and the 13-year-old's mother is not home, is at work, and something like this were to happen, are they going to charge that mother? Because the child was left with a parent, right? The 13-year-old is the child's parent. How do they handle that? Yes, we're all stumped on that one. 13-year-old left at home with a baby, their baby. The grandmother has to go out and work. The 13-year-old's mother has to go out and work because the 13-year-old can't get a job. 
fire breaks out. Child, child and child are rescued. Are they, would they, in that case, press charges against the adult? Do they think about these things? I don't think so. Yeah. In my opinion, U.S. justice system is a perfect instrument of racist rule. Like the neo-Nazis Holocaust denial. Like the neo-Confederates. There were happy slaves. The liberals. Our court is flawed. Works to minimize racist atrocity. This in my opinion, is courtesy of Yannick Giovanni Marshall. Yannick Marshall is an academic and scholar of African studies. A judge in Louisiana said, we have a N-word. It's a N-word, like a roach. Yeah, that was said on a home video last year by a judge in Louisiana. At their best, apologists for the U.S. justice system, we call the judge a bad apple and the legal system that produced her. Please bear with me one moment, QMZ Radio and JanoRadio.com. One moment here. So it appears I got kicked out of Clubhouse. Uh, bear with me one. I'm just going to take a quick music break. I was like 
is on July 15th. I'm back. New sunspots are expected to pair on the Earth's facing solar disks throughout the week. The National Oceanic, she's back. Oh, I'm um, listen. Atmospheric. <laughs> Let me turn the music down because I had to go to an intermission. I do apologize. I don't know <laughs> what happened because Rosolo is texting me, texting me on my other line and saying, but we're seeing you. You're muted. No, I'm not. I shut my phone down because I'm here reading the In My Opinion article. And then I hear, who was it that said, Something like what? No, I got the text saying what happened. Um, <laughs> Rosolo sent me a text. What happened? And I'm looking at him. Like, what do you mean? What happened? <laughs> and then I noticed that I'm out the room and my phone is back to the home screen, and I'm trying to get back in, and it will not allow me in. I Sonet sent me a ping. Sonet pinged me. I clicked on that. Still wouldn't let me in, so I shut the whole phone down. Rosola says, um, you know, we're seeing you. It's showing you muted. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't know if it's the app that's tripping. I don't know what's going on, but I do apologize. Sunet, thank you so much for carrying on. I will not interrupt you. Please finish what you were saying. I do not read as well as you do. It's, it was Chief Osomo. Uh, okay, I'm going to mess it up again. The chief sent me a um a article about solar flares. He believes that that's the culprit of you getting knocked out. So that's what I was reading. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, yeah, interesting. Uh, yeah, that may be a point. Thank you so much. Appreciate you pa your patience, everyone in Clubhouse, and to everyone listening on um QMZ Radio mm -hmm. and JohnNoRita.com because I went to a music break to try to fix this whole issue. Of course, you can't have coffee until without everyone on clubhouse right it's not going to be the same it's interactive <laughs> news podcast so yeah thank you so much once again i appreciate your patience and your understanding technical difficulties not my fault so i'm going to start the article again because i didn't want don't want us to miss any part of it so in my opinion U.S. justice system is a perfect instrument of racist rule like the neo-nazis holocaust denial like the neo-confederates, they were happy slaves. The liberals, is our, our court is flawed, works to minimize racist atrocity. And this, in my opinion, article is courtesy of Yannick Giovanni Marshall, who is an, an academic and scholar of African studies. A judge in Louisiana said, we have an N-word. It's an N-word, like a roach in a home video last year. At their best, apologists for the U.S. justice system will call the judge a bad apple in the legal system that produced her, the one she wanted to be a part of, flawed. It's a perfect defense, an unbroken line of anti-black and anti-indigenous torture initiated by the courts, which kept Dred Scott in slavery and kept Khalif Browder in slavery which pushed the Indians off the Southeast and pushed Oklahoma from the Indian, is referred to regretfully with the downcast eyes as an imperfect system. If all U.S. judges shared home videos of themselves dehumanizing black people, tangoing while cleaving to Ku Klux Klan robes, and backslapping officials of a white nationalist political party, they would be called bad apples. If 100% of all sentencing was proven to be consciously racially discriminatory, sentencing would be called 
flawed. And in this way, the liberal view is able to protect white supremacy in action by representing it as always an aberration. Always, despite the preponderance or the preponderance of evidence, the protests and crying behind prison cell doors, despite all history as being non-racist as a rule, a justice system that has not for one hour been anything other than an instrument of a racist rule is sold to its victims as always having non-racist potential. Liberal hope is what hope would be if it were a racist. This white supremacist defense of American justice has become so naturalized it might be difficult to imagine what might happen if such a judge were discovered in a fair society. There, it might generate frenzied investigations and public discussions about whether there could be justice in the legal system, which let even one person decide cases who so comfortably and laughingly expressed their hatred of more than one billion people. It might be, might be asked why such a person might be attracted to the legal profession at all. Should not racists be repelled by the very idea of colorblind justice? If a poisoner was discovered in a restaurant, even if some meals were not poisoned, would it not be better to pause all operations to find out if the poisoner acted alone and, if necessary, shut down the restaurant? Should we not do the same upon the discovery of discrimination in the institution charged with sentencing people to death by poison? If a judge was caught telling black, calling black people roaches in Louisiana, how would we know the black person strapped to a gurney in Florida who has obtained DNA evidence that he did not commit the crime and whose case was presided over by a judge who may not have uploaded home videos but was seen dining with politicians who fight to make it illegal to document police beatings should in fact be poisoned? What if the prosecutor was found to consume conservative media, which every evening inches closer to speaking of the Jew? What if the arresting officer regularly listens to podcast hosts who invite guests to report on the latest in Negro cranium, craniometry and the naturally aggressive personality of the black? How can we be certain that the governors who hang up the phone after denying a stay of execution are rubbing their hands in prayer and not with pleasure? In a society interested in fairness, the discovery of even one weevil in the justice system might set off panicked uprooting of law books and commence suspender and spotlight interrogations of every judge and prosecutor out of fear that countless lives may be being ruined due to the infiltration of the system by people who share the opinion of slave traders. In America, it does not. Racists pronouncing sentences. Racial disparities in sentencing. Racism in arrests, police impunity, and the entire regime of racist law and its enforcement is defended as an imperfect system. These imperfections existed in Rhodesia, now called Zimbabwe, in Kenya, 
in Algeria, in India, in South Africa, in Ireland, and in Jamaica as well. But they are not referred to as flaws, but by their proper name, colonialism. Its defenders, the colonists. Like the neo-Nazis' Holocaust denial, like the neo-Confederates, they were happy slaves. The liberals, our court is flawed, works to minimize racist atrocity. Liberalism is no less important, a branch of white supremacy. Even if it has been the most successful at convincing itself or pretending that it is not. They have been believed, for example, more than the grand cyclops of the Ku Klux Klan, who almost often say and perhaps believe that they are not racist. In settler colonies, there are active white supremacists and there are passive white supremacists. The neo-Nazi, the neo-Confederate, the neoliberal, their disagreements notwithstanding, are all versions of the same thing. Colonists. The end of our colonial predicament, therefore, will not come from defenders of the regime trying to make change or a new politician who says almost the right things or a new law or expanded Supreme Court or a professor's new book on making America live up to its ideals or people who hope or claim to hope that colonialism can be redeemed and its courts changed. It will come from the colonized. It will come from the colonized sector the streets and jails of the white supremacist West and the streets and jails of its empire. There can be no more, look at wacky America with its killing black people and mass shootings. White supremacist colonialism has never been content to keep within the borders it imagined for itself. The end of a livable planet may have been gaveled down in a courtroom atop a Walmart but the heat has broken through your kitchen window. We might make a simple rule. White supremacist society cannot have a justice system. The law cannot be fixed in a place where half of the elections for legislators is essentially a competition for who could be the most hostile against the non-white person. Whether we can ever speak of justice at all in societies in which the rich have in their parlor a host of legal technicians and have purchased the legislators a host of legal technicians and have purchased yes the legislators <laughs> and poor people say they are guilty to cut down time spent in rehabilitation camps and correction facilities and the shelterless are targeted as vagrants and are charged with sitting down is another question and its answer is no but certainly, if Lady Justice has stomped on her blindfold and is frequently caught shouting ethnic slurs and threatening to send the police after black people for bird watching, she cannot be said to care about fair conflict resolution. In all instances of colonialism, colonists who think of themselves as liberal have called a racist justice system an imperfect one, a perfect defense for a perfect instrument, a way to force hurt people to run a treadmill using neither gun nor whip, just to the hope that 
it will one day become a road. The views expressed in this article are the author's own and do not necessarily reflect Al Jazeera's editorial stance, nor the views and opinions of QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. Has anyone here ever read the book To Kill a Mockingbird? Has anyone ever watched the movie To Kill a Mockingbird? Yeah, I saw the movie. I'd encourage everyone to do it. That justice system then still prevails today. It's still here. A black man accused of committing a crime that he's innocent of. Yeah. The, um, the attorney, Finch, tried his best to get him off. But the judge, even though the judge had evidence, sufficient evidence, prove this man's innocent he had to please the township of whites some of whom couldn't even read or write but felt that because of the color of their skin they were superior some of them lived in broken down homes but felt they were still better than just because of the color of this man's skin he was guilty of a crime he did not commit. Just last year, as this article has outlined, the judge is heard. It's recorded calling black people roaches and using the N-word. And that's why I can no way embrace the N-word. I can't. Not every white person is racist. And not every racist is a white person either. But the judicial system makes us feel that every white person is racist. And the judicial system, stemming from the Supreme Court right down to the police force, the correctional officers, will cause us to feel that all whites are racist. Do I feel bad that his recording came to light? No. And I think we should be happy and embrace it because we need to know who people really are. We don't like it, but I would rather know exactly how you really feel so I don't have to interact with you. I'd rather you tell me the truth instead of laugh in my face and pretend, oh, I like you when you don't. I'm sure in his courtroom, there are clerks who are black. Can you imagine the steam that's coming out of his ears every time he has to step into, step behind the bench and um, look down and see the clerks, you know, the stenographers and everybody that work in the system? of color. Can you imagine how disgusted he probably feels? 
So why work in a system knowing that you're going to have to interact with all manner of people? Why, why, why choose that profession? Is it so that you can further oppress and suppress and further drive segregation? It gives you the position of power to treat others as less than. But this is the reality. Based on this article, this is, my, this is what I'm gathering from what he's saying. This is the America that is fostered, the true America. Yesterday, we spoke about um, the Republican Party and the Democratic Party. We, we highlighted racism, and it exists on the Democratic side, the liberal side of the fence. It does exist. Here it is. And I agree. When there is one person who is hospitalized or one person who has died, when there's that situation, from salmonella, what you call that poisoning? Um, e. coli. Is it, e is it E. coli when the vegetable, you know, and they pull all the lettuce from all the supermarkets because one person got sick? I agree. Do the same within the judicial system. You realize that there's a judge that's racist? Get him out, yank him out. And keep yanking them out until the message is driven home, there is no place for you in positions of power. Drive them out. Strip them of their ability to work in the legal field. Revoke their license. Will it change the way they think? No, because if that's what's embedded in someone, that's what's embedded in them. That's who they're going to be. But at least there is a ceiling. They can go no further than a certain point. It's just a matter of time before everybody is revealed, right? Just a matter of time. Yeah. There's a, there's a huge red curtain in this country. As much as people paint it as a land of freedom and opportunity, the U.S. has a curtain in front of it. And what hides behind it is ugly, <clears throat> ugly truth. Go ahead, Javette. I'm sorry, I wasn't able to get to the phone through <laughs> your conversations. Right. But um, so judges are elected. We decide them during the different terms. I'm not really sure how they get fired. That's something that I'd have to look up. But I know that you Engagement. vote for your judges and your law enforcement chiefs and your tax collector. All of those people you vote for. Yeah. Yeah. They're impeached a bit. Impeached. Impeached. Yeah. Okay. Does that happen in every state? 
I believe so, because that's, um, well, if they're elected, then if they're elected, they can be voted out back up. But some judges have can be impeached, like the Supreme Court judges, they'd have to be impeached to get out. And there's different, that's the other thing too, there are different tiers of judges. There are state judges, there are federal judges, federal within the state, they're federal within the United States. The system is huge and it has lots of different branches. So it causes a lot of, um, a lot of confusion. Yeah. Yeah. We put them there. Well, yeah. And there is something very powerful in, in the, in the article as well. They're on payroll. They're on payroll. So those who have the wherewithal see to it that they get there. They pull out all the stops to ensure that the racist judges are in positions of power. They put all the money behind the campaigning for them to be elected. And they get it done. Pull the curtain up and let the world see the truth. And with the truth, we hope, we can only hope that it will drive for change. When the world starts to turn its nose up at the U.S. and say, fix your issues before trying to tell us how to fix our issues. We want to have nothing to do with you because you have leprosy. Right? When, when, when people have are lepers, they um, alienate them, right? They put them in, in a corner. They're subjected to uh, what you call it compound or something of that nature right they can't mix with people isolation isolation thank you javette yeah how about the world isolate the u.s and let force in the u.s to clean its act up and stop the hypocrisy pushing for equality around the world but yet not pushing for it on its own soil trying to take out leaders of other organizations but not taking out leaders of organizations here that propel discrimination and hatred does that make sense you're cleaning up the world but your backyard is dirty get the weeds out can't use roundup anymore because there's a huge lawsuit on that because you know bear is facing a huge lawsuit so get some other um, weed killer and weed out, take out, remove the infestation. You, it's a cancer. It is a cancer. And yes, I have to agree. Um, I have to agree. Where's the comment? With uh, Miss Marisha. It is passed down from, because nobody's born a racist or nobody's born that way. You're taught. So weed out the cancel. I shouldn't say this, but it's what's in my mind. 
anxiously awaiting the passing of that generation because their children and grandchildren are a little more um, accepting. And it's shown because they, they, of course, you know, interracial relationships are on the rise. It's these grandparents. They're like a cancer. They're like those German cockroaches, uh, Javette, that show up in your house and you just can't get rid of them, no matter how hard you try. <laughs> yeah, they are, they are part of the hornet's nest. Oh, we're going to take another quick break. When we return, we have business and tech news. Um, yeah, forgive me. <laughs> forgive me for my rant, but that's just how I feel. I'm sorry. That's just how I feel. Here's some Justin Timberlake as we continue to play yesterday's hits and today's favorites. Yeah. I got this feeling inside my bones. It goes electric, wavy when I turn it on. All from my city, all from my home We're flying up, no ceiling when we in our zone I got that sunshine in my pocket Got that good soul in my feet I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops Ooh, I can't take my eyes off of it Moving so phenomenally Come on, like the way we rock it So don't stop Say it right, say it all 
To all our listeners, logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com, JohnNoRadio.com, and everyone here with me on Clubhouse, where the conversation happens. Hi, Moments with me. You're listening to Coffee in Tow, World News on the Go, every Monday through Friday, starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. Follow me on Twitter at Me Media Moments, and that's M I Media Moments. On Instagram, Moments underscore with underscore me underscore media. Coming up right after this, we have business and tech news. It is Turned Up Tuesday. We're playing yesterday's favorites or yesterday's hits. However, you want to put it, yesterday's hits, today's favorites. Who remembers this one? I remember when the group El uh, DeBarge came out. I fell in love with El DeBarge. Yep. Now it's time for business and tech news. Prices of bread are rising faster than inflation, causing sticker shock of $10 per loaf. This is courtesy of Bala Alert. Amid a decades-high inflation, grocery shoppers are experiencing sticker shock over bread prices, a report found. Some grocery stores are now charging $10 for artisanal bread. Huh and other premium bread options, making a pantry staple expensive for consumers already struggling with high gas prices. According to Mark Cohen, Director of Retail Studies at Columbia University, consumers see $10 per loaf prices as a punch in the face, adding that prices have never been this high. In June, the Consumer Price Index showed that white bread prices had risen 10.1% compared to one year earlier, while wheat bread soared 11.6%. The Bureau of Labor Statistics reports that the price of white bread per pound reached $1.69, which is the highest level recorded. Okay, folks, roll them sleeves up. Go get the ingredients and make your own bread. That's what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to learn. I've seen some of my um, schoolmates, you know, make bread and they look gorgeous, look really good. And they say it's good. So it looks as though I'm, I'm not a baker. 
I'm a, I'll cook. I'll cook in a heartbeat. Baking, not my thing. Yeah, I can bake something out of a box, right? Yeah, that's as far as my baking skill goes. I, I did try making potato pudding a couple of times. It wasn't too bad. I don't know. I won't be the judge of that. Marlon can tell you if it was good. He's still alive. The children are still alive. Um, yeah. I will put a twist on the things that I bake, right? For example, I can make a blueberry cheese bread uh, with cream blueberry cream cheese bread or raspberry cream cheese bread. And I'll alter it up a little bit. Everybody's still alive. We're still here. Um, yeah, but it seems as though I'm going to have to get serious. In the, I'm not paying $10 a loaf of bread. Y'all find something else. Festival, dumpling, um, bake. <laughs> yeah, cornbread. <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to say. All that's going to do is help me in my younger age stay away from the starch. That's it. Yeah. I can fry my dumpling and do whatever else if I want to have that piece of flour. Yeah. $10. I can buy a five pound bag of um, flour, self rising. I, let me tell with 10, well, you know what? I probably can get two bags of flour. I can get a bread flour. I can, no, no, you know what? I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Y'all can keep the bread. Keep the bread. I don't need it either, especially if I say I'm going to jump carnival next year. Yeah. So this will help me get on my journey to um, weight loss. Try to get my sexy back. Yep. Mm -hmm. Zoom's newest competitor is Snapchat. Unlike many other social media platforms, Snapchat has been available only on mobile since its launch over a decade ago. But on Monday, the company launched a web-based version of the popular messaging app. The goal is to give users the freedom to switch between their phones and computers, all while continuing their conversations on the platform. But the new desktop option could also help Snapchat take a surprising rival, Zoom. While Snapchat is known for letting users send disappearing chats and photos called snaps, video calling has become a popular feature of the app, according to the company. Snapchat said its app hosts more than 100 million video calls each month with up to 15 participants each. Now it hopes that service will become easier and more pleasant to use when people join those calls from a desktop. How many users does uh, Zoom allow in a meeting at once? Up to how many? I'm not a Zoomer. It depends on the package. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Dr. Daphne. It depends on the package that you sign up for, and um, it goes from fifty to thousands. It's Ooh. just depends on the package. Yes, I oh, have. Zoom. Yeah, my can hold up to five hundred participants, and we've had it where it could hold up to thousands. Yeah. Hmm. Wow, I didn't realize. They say I'm not a Zoomer. I know a lot of you use it for your jobs, especially when you were working remotely. I know, you know, to do meetings, a lot of people, even though they're back in the office, still use it. Um, interesting. I didn't know that. Wow, learned something new today. But how, is anyone here familiar with Snapchat? I look at it as an elementary school or middle school or high school app, or, you know, for that demographic. I don't look at it as something that adults use, but it seems as though they're tapping in on that market. Anybody familiar with Snapchat? 
as a, the young people use it, I wasn't aware that adults, because I've only seen it as um, as an educator at the beginning. Some business were using Snapchat to do some marketing, but they, it hasn't take flight. It didn't get as popular as TikTok. Yeah, it was being used like that beginning. Okay, so. They're also saying here, um, Dr. Daphne, the idea is similar to video calling services such as Zoom, which exploded in popularity during the pandemic, but with some selling points unique to Snapchat. Users will be able to initiate calls more quickly and easily because they are already connected to friends and can see when others are online, according to the company. Snapchat signature photo lenses the ones that can make users appear to have dog ears, freckles, or other features will also soon be available for video calls on the web version. So that's is that a plus meaning being able to get in connect quicker with people because you can see when they're online? Does it mean that on Zoom you you have to send out an invite for people to see you? I don't know. Yeah, you have to schedule the meeting. You have to send them a link then they have to access it. <clears throat> but what I like about Zoom, there's a level of security that's very important. So to me, I would have to read the security protocol of Snapchat to see, yeah, it's easy to do, but what are the security implications, you know, of people being able to just call you in the middle of the day just because you're online. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Appreciate the, the feedback with that. In Health and Science News, Ghana confirms its first two cases of the deadly and contagious Marburg virus. Ghana confirms its first two cases. The highly deadly virus called Marburg reportedly causes hemorrhagic fever and has a fatality rate of up to 88%, according to the WHO. The organization says Marburg also lives in the same family as the virus that causes Ebola. Some of the symptoms associated with the virus include a high fever, severe headaches, and severe malaise. There are now 98 people who have been placed in isolation after possibly having contact with two people who have passed from the highly contagious virus. The two people reportedly died from the virus, according to CNN World. There is a whole multidisciplinary team in the field trying to ensure that we are able to unearth the real source of this, said Dr. Patrick Kumar, the head of Ghana's health service to BBC Focus on Africa Radio. There are currently no approved vaccines for the virus, but doctors say drinking lots of water and drinking specific symptoms can boost a person's chances of surviving the virus. So I do have a question. Did I answer? What did I read it? Uh, uh, how do you catch this virus? It's highly contagious. So how do we catch it? We hear the symptoms, which are high fever, severe headaches. And I hope I pronounced the word correct, malaise. M-A-L-A-I-M-A-L-A-I-S-E. I hope I pronounced that correctly. But how do we catch that? How do we, you know, yeah. It sounds like symptoms of the flu, sounds like symptoms of dengue fever, sounds like symptoms of um, coronavirus. I've had the flu, I've had corona, and I've had um, dengue fever. It sounds, by the way, their dengue is here in South Florida. If you are in South Florida, please be careful if you have um, any containers. And this, wherever you live, let me put it this way, anywhere you live and um, mosquitoes are there, 
please check your yards. Make sure you have nothing collecting water because stagnant water becomes a breeding ground for mosquitoes, okay? And dengue, you know, mosquitoes bite you and that's how dengue is transferred. So check your yards, folks. Um, empty any containers that can have water in them. Turn them upside down so that if the rain falls, um, there's no collection. Uh, if there are any areas in your yard that collect water or you have a drainage issue, try to get that looked at, all right? So let's minimize that as much as possible because the symptoms of dengue are very similar to what they're describing. The other thing, when I had dengue fever, I remember I was literally crippled. You had to lift me out the bed. I couldn't walk. You had, you know, somebody had to lift me up and take me to the restroom. Um, yeah, I couldn't stand up at all. And you're in extreme pain. It's not nice. Really not nice. But um, yeah, so let's be. But if, if the symptoms they say are similar, no, 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 not the symptoms. They said there's a similarity with Ebola. Could they not? I'm going to sound like Donald Trump right now, like <laughs> put the light inside or the bleach inside. But could they not probably possibly test the um, vaccine if there is one for Ebola with the Marburg? Could they not do that? I'm just thinking here, since it's such a deadly virus with an 88 um, percent fatality rate. I don't know. Or they're not going to be concerned until it gets off the continent. I don't know. But, um, yeah, interesting. Every day we're learning about a different virus that is out there. And now it's time for Caribbean Corner. Caribbean Corner stories are courtesy of loopnews.com. The first story comes out of Jamaica. Murder probe, two cops arrested, search on for another who fled the island. The police high command has confirmed that two policemen are now in custody and a search launched for another who has reportedly left the island as investigators intensify their probe into the murder of a Tyler on Red Hills Road in St. Andrew on Saturday. Head of the Crime and Security Portfolio, De Deputy Commissioner of Police Fitz Bailey, said in a press conference on Monday that the police and the Independent Commission of Investigations are probing the matter. What we can say in that matter is that police officers, the two, are in custody and another has fled. They are working with international partners to locate the person. Reports are that 49-year-old Philip Wallace of Green Glide Close in uh, in an address, hold on, let me read this over because I think it's typed wrong. Reports are that 49-year-old Philip Wallace of a Green Glide Close address in St. Andrew was on Saturday standing in the community when a white Toyota Axio motor car drove up. Allegations are that three men alighted from the vehicle and opened fire on Wallace. Reports are that a woman was also shot but was able to escape without injury. Police officers, I understand you're underpaid. This sounds like a hit. From, to me, it sounds like you were paid to do the hit. 
because you would get away with it. You can't be the law and break the law. It's not supposed to, I shouldn't say the word can because it happens all over the world. But you take an oath to serve and protect the community. Why are you getting your hands dirty? And then you're going to run. I always say a real bad man don't run. I always can't understand when people say I'm a bad man. Why are you running? And I'm saying that in an African, with an African accent in my head from the song. Why are you running? Yeah. Why are you running, really? If you are that bad, you have no fear, you're brave, you're bold to kill somebody, why run and hide? I need somebody to explain the psychology behind that for me. And it's a question I've been asking for years. Why run and hide if you're such a bad man? Real bad man that exists. You catch them now, them start to cry. What you crying for? What are you crying for? That you got caught? No, them catch you stand up same way and they a bad man, right? Murder seems to be the only resolution to any conflict that we have. It's the only way to resolve things. Nobody does fist fights anymore. Nobody has dialogue. Or nobody just ignores the person altogether and go about the business. I don't like you, you don't like me. That's okay. We agree on that, though we go our separate ways. But we're filled with vengeance and hatred. And now the person who paid them, I'm sure, the person or persons who paid them, I'm sure they're, they're, they're going twick, 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 clenching the jaws of their ass, trying to figure out what the heck they're going to do. I'm sure they have gone to the toilet quite a few times, diarrhea killing them. They got a cleansing. Because now, yep. Two in custody. And they're going to speak. They're going to talk. Now nah, take the rap for nobody in Omega Talk. Corruption. We head over to Trinidad and Tobago for the next story. Digital Digicel signs partnership with St. Vincent and the Grenadines. In a move that marks a significant advance in efforts to bridge the digital divide and provide economic empowerment opportunities for citizen consumers, the government of St. Vincent and the Grenadines, through the National Telecommunications Regulatory Commission, has selected Digicel as its connectivity partner in a landmark five-year deal. With research from the ITU showing that an increase of 10% in mobile broadband penetration yields an increase of 2% in GDP, the case for connectivity could not be more apparent. The program is to connect thousands of St. Vincent's, uh, was spearheaded by Apollo Knight, director of the National Communications Regulatory Commission. Commenting on the opportunity, Digital, Digicel, St. Vincent, and the Grenadine CEO, Brenda Barbour Charles said, we're all about connecting the unconnected and ensuring that everyone everywhere has access to the people and things they love the most. In bringing super fast 
uh, connectivity to thousands of Vincentians were excited to be helping to position St. Vincent and the Grenadines at the forefront of the knowledge economy and to drive opportunities for all. Our next story, also out of Trinidad and Tobago, two Caribbean community leaders to pay official visits to TNT. Two Caribbean community CARICOM leaders are to pay an official visit to Trinidad and Tobago in August, Prime Minister Dr. Keith Rowley announced on Monday. He told a news conference that Guyana's President Dr. Mohammed Irfan Ali will pay a state visit on August 18, followed by Jamaica Prime Minister Andrew Holness, whose official visit will coincide with his participation in the country's 60th anniversary of political independence from Britain on August 31st. And in sports news out of the Caribbean, Oregon 22 silver medal, a redemption for Shanika Ricketts. And this is a report out of Eugene, Oregon. National triple jump champion Shanika Ricketts has described her performance at the World Athletics Championships on Monday night as redemption. The 30-year-old Ricketts had a consistent series of jumps to claim the silver medal in the women's triple jump, rebounding after a fourth-place finish at the Tokyo Olympics in 2021. Congratulations. And our other sports story, Jackson, Fraser Price, Thompson Hira make 200-meter semis. All right, so we're up. I think this race will be on Wednesday, tomorrow, yeah. All three um, Jamaican medalists from the 100-meter final have made it safely through to the semifinals of the women's 200-meter at the World Athletics Championships in Eugene, Oregon. Sharika Jackson, who finished second in the 100-meter, clocked 22.33 seconds to win her heat. Jackson, the fastest woman in the world this year with a big personal best of 21.55 seconds, set at the Jamaica trials in June and the third fastest of all time ran within herself from start to finish to conserve energy. I'm here for it. I'm looking for another sweep. I hope this time they'll have the fatter jets go over with the colors, black, green, and gold. Huh? Doubt it though. How does, um, what's her name? Oh my gosh. What's her name? The Jamaican athlete, but she's Jamaican. I should say, but she's a retired U.S. athlete, and she's now on Real Housewives of Atlanta. I don't know why she went there. I think that is so um, not her. Sa- is it Sandra? Oh, my God. Sanya. 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 Thank you. Thank you. I don't know why she went uh, and signed up for Real Housewives of Atlanta. Really. I don't know. But, hey, you know, you do you, boo. But I wonder how how she feels, you know, being a commentator and really having to root for the U.S., knowing that she's a Jamaican at heart. Does she secretly say, go Jamaica, go, 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 go? Does she celebrate with Jamaica or does she have to um, maintain her composure <laughs> in the as she delivers the, um, what is it? at a loss for words today as she commentates on the fields the events of the day yeah you ever notice when you're watching the sports being televised here in the u.s um if there's a setback by a u.s athlete uh <laughs> dog died there was some tragedy in the family 
there's always an excuse for their poor performance. You ever notice that? Why? Why do they do that? Why don't they just em embrace the loss and say, um, the athlete needs to go back and work harder? Instead, oh, you know, six months ago, they lost their family, family member. Um, last year, they had to undergo surgery for some. It's always a sad story. Why? I can never understand it, U.S. I'm tired of hearing the sad stories. Just run the race and keep it moving. But I'm here for it tomorrow. We'll see. Clean sweep. That's what I want on the entertainment scene. By the way, um, Shelly Ann, she has, what, 10 gold medals now? Where did I read that? I know I read it somewhere this morning, too. 10 gold medals. Go Medal. Huh? Uh, five. I think it's five gold on the rest, like silver and bronze. But um, I think she have ten medal total. I think I think that's what it is. Okay, ten medals. I'm proud of her. Really proud of her. Proud of the entire Jamaican squad. I just need the male athletes to step it up. Yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. Burna Boy thanks Barbados for kicking off the Love Damini tour. Burna Boy's Love Demeanor Tour is officially off to a great start as thousands turned out for the first stop in Barbados. To the crowd of more than 9,000 patrons at Tipsy Love Demeanor Tour, less than 24 hours after his performance, he tweeted, Thank you, Barbados. Yeah. Afro beats to the world. They have taken over. Yes, I said it. I said it. They have taken over. You can't turn on the radio without hearing an Afrobeat song. I hear more Afrobeats here now in South Florida than I hear reggae music. The reg and the reggae music you hear on the or the dance hall music you hear on the stations are the same ones from the eighties, nineties. Nothing new. Murder, she wrote. Um, heads I kill them when they know. What's the other one? Um, what's the other one? Hello, girls. <laughs> I'm not hearing you. You are so in the matrix. I'm so sorry. Yeah, but that's you because new music sucks. Wow. It does. Wow. Yeah. Everybody has these. Well, let me not say everybody. Most of the new music is the same. They have the women looking the same. They have the women dressing the same. The lyrics. I mean, come on. Look how much problems you have putting, just playing one song on the radio. You know what I hear on the radio, though, Javette? Skilly bang. Bless me. Baptize me. Yep. They play that one a lot. Young people push that one. Yeah. That one plays a lot. Um... There's another one. I'm they both. play on Paul too. Yes. Yeah, like, yeah they get played out of here. They don't play so much Shensia though. They don't play much of her. Is her lyric saying anything? <laughs> I don't mean to be facetious. I mean, I'm like dead serious. <laughs> Sex. Sex. 
back in the day, you know, we had we had words that we knew were bad, but most people didn't know those words was bad. But now everything is T and A and B and N and yeah, it's very explicit. Yeah, but I've told you that the issue, the struggle I have with put, I could not have a WCW show and play all Shensia songs or play all Jada songs or you can't do and look at what happened to me this morning right I struggled to find a clean version of Aishana's equal rights and justice because I love the song found it ended up clicking on the wrong one to put it in the playlist but um yeah it's really hard it is hard so what are we going to do about it hear the old that's why you still hear all the old music yeah. And you know the order in which these old songs are going to come. Right, Marlon? You know exactly which one is going to come after the next one. Without fail. Your face is pretty much a character, man. Yeah, that one. Oh, my gosh. How did that one go again? Say it again. Say it again. Your uh, face is pretty much a character. Yes, murder, she wrote. Murder, she wrote. Yeah. In action. Action. Not a bag of mouth. Sweet. Whatever. Yeah. Not a bag of mouth? Okay, I can never know that. Not a bag of mouth. Those are the same songs you hear day in, day out. Every day. Everybody knows the songs. Yeah. So, come on, Jamaica. Jamaicans, what are we going to do about that? What are we going to do? I posted up a video the other day, and not to go too far off on a tangent, but I posted up a video the other day on Instagram about learning the business of the music. Let me see if I can find it back here, because I think, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that's what I was getting ready to say. It's one thing to create music. Is is the market gonna receive it? Are we gonna make music for our age bracket? Or are we gonna what age bracket are you focusing on? Because the market you have to receive it in order for it to be played in mainstream media. Yeah. So that's in, in YouTube or you know, it's very specific. The market is asking for something specific nowadays and some of it we do not um subscribe to, so we have to take a look at that. Yeah. All right. I think I, I found the video. Let me let me play. It. Trinidad James receives a percentage of Bruno Mars' song "Uptown Phone." In 2014, Bruno Mars used one of Trinidad James' most famous lines: "Don't believe me, just watch." In his song "Uptown Phone." Don't believe me, just watch. He added Trinidad James as a writer to the song. So every time you hear Uptown Funk, Trinidad James gets a percentage. Don't believe me, just watch. Sample songwriter. Yeah, that's what it's called, to be exact. I knew about it before the song came out that he was going to do something. We didn't know what. So when I heard him use the hook, I was just like, oh, all right, nice. Similar situation when P. Diddy sampled the police every breath you take for his song, I'll Be Missing You. Because the sample wasn't clear, the writer Sting decided to take 100% of the royalty. Is it true that Diddy has to pay you two grand a day because he didn't ask permission to sample every breath you take? Yeah. Wow. For the rest of his life. <laughs> wow. Speaking of Sting, he also took 85% of Juice World's Lucid Dream song because it sampled his song, Shape of My Heart. The sacred geometry of chance. 
similar to Ariana Grande who signed away 90% of Seven Rings because it samples my favorite things. Tied up with strings, these are a few of my favorite things. Another example is Ed Sheeran adding Candy and Tiny to his record Shape of You because the song was influenced by a song that Tiny and Candy wrote in the 90s for TLC called Scrubs. Yep. So, Shaggy and Sean Paul have said this. They have tried to guide artists in Jamaica to understand the business of music. To understand that you have to make music that's marketable. But you also have to understand that there's money to be made on the back end in writing and protecting your rights. But they don't want to hear it. All they want to do is put out a track, collect the money, run go buy a BMW, run go buy a Gucci, and say them rich. That's where the mindset is. And because you can't reach them, meaning you can't infiltrate their minds for them to understand, that's why the music is stuck. They are not willing to bend. And then the very ones who are not willing to bend sit down and say, how Shensia make it? How Sean Paul make it? How um, Shaggy make it? And then they turn it to colorism. Spice got the memo. And she did what she had to do. Yes, she's raunchy. Because she is dancehall. But she realized that she had to make some changes. She took the advice. And she will tell you. She learned a lot from Sean Paul. And not from, from Shaggy. And Shaggy will tell you. He learned a lot from Sting. The same Sting was collecting $2,000 a day for the rest of his life from um, Diddy. Know your business. Understand your business. Let go of certain train of thoughts. Let go of the ignorance that is holding you captive. And say, then you're going to turn around and say, um, them a thief with culture. Thief it backside until you wake up and know how to use it. Take it and rinse it out because you are not listening. You have gold in your hands and don't know what to do with it. Because you're not focused on the business and understanding the the international market there is you can only do go so far in jamaica and no further and let's be real about it did third world make their money in jamaica no black uhuru no does barris hammond make his money in jamaica hell to the no freddie mcgregor no Burning Spare, no. Barrington Levy, no. You name one artist that make their money in Jamaica. Solely in Jamaica. Dexter Dabs all over the place. You gotta go. You have to be able to. And yes, he's the next one that's being low-key hated on. 
and them say because I'm pussy and I'm brown. No, understand the business. Wake up, Jamaicans. Wake up. Otherwise, you're going to be left behind. Yeah. See? Look at the art that we spoke about yesterday. Down to the very art. You did not compete in the reggae art competition because it doesn't pay money. But a Greek artist won a piece titled Queen of the Maroons. Imagine that. Because they are looking down the road. We need to change our outlook and our perspective. And that's the only way we're going to have effective change in our culture and to be able to capitalize of our culture. If you write music as a reggae or dancehall artist, make sure you're listening to the music that's coming out because people are sampling your music and make sure that you can go after the people that sample your music because you have tied up all your loose ends, dotted your I's and crossed your T's and you have your copyright, um, uh, what you call it, protection in place. See to it that you've done that. Because a lot of people have sampled reggae and dancehall music. And you can't blame them for getting away with murder because you refused to protect yourself. The right thing for them to do is that they should have reached out to you and say, hey, I'm going to be using your music. I'm going to pay you. That's the right thing to do. But how many people do the right thing? Your loss, their gain. Wake up. Good morning. Good morning. I'm so glad you can hear me. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, uh, Chief. I keep seeing the red bar. Yeah, uh, just you know, kind of just going along with what, you, what you're saying. We had this conversation the other day, and we were talking about <clears throat> the producer-consumer uh, complex. And and you know, you look at society, and you have a, a percentage of people who produce, and you have this large percentage of people who consume. And the system is designed that way, you know, it's by design that we produce people who are, who will generate consumption, but we don't, we don't, we're not, we don't, it's like, we don't come out of school, you know, you know, we don't come out of the uh, education Chief, um, some folks are saying they can't hear you. Are you able to speak a little louder? Your volume is a little Hold low. on, hold on. Is that better? Better. Go right ahead. Okay, great. So, you know, we got this thing called uh, producer-consumer psychology. And, you know, this is a systemic thing as well. So you think about, it's not just the artists, but even athletes. Any, any genre uh, of, of success and growth that we can find ourselves placed in, or even politics, we, we've, we've, never been, we've never been educated. I don't want to say trained. We've never been educated to think beyond producer-consumer uh, relationship. So the majority of us find ourselves being educated to be consumers, not producers, right? So when we get out, when we get into these spaces where we're able to be accomplished or gain some acquisition of wealth, oftentimes we go into consumer mode as opposed to be going into producer mode. Whether you're an athlete, a politician, or or an artist, right? And so, and even when you think about think about how many names you just named. 
of people who made it and became successful and understood how to how to master the the artist game, right? The music game. That's a very small percentage. We should be able to. We should have a whole list of names of people who were able to do that. But because we're not actually, it's it's like go. I think I said this once. You got you know how you hear people say, "I'm just out here trying to chase the bag," right? But nobody chases the but nobody chases the bank, yeah. Right. <laughs> so so that's the difference between producer and consumer psychology. And if if we could just if we could if we could begin to understand, we have to. We have to take our children, especially our children, where they are, and show them how the system works. Like it, it should be such a, it should be such a pleasure for us to be able to impart that kind of knowledge. Because you teach people the game, it's it's about values and knowledge of self, right? Because there's nothing more empowering. And and me and I and I work with a lot of young people, but there's nothing more empowering than giving people real game mastery, because young people. When they feel empowered, like I know something nobody else knows, I'm getting ready to do something nobody else has done. That type of, oh my God, that type of excitement, encouragement is so powerful. And I have witnessed it happen. It's, it's kind of like how we on our daily basis, how we say, man, I just did yoga today. I don't know why I don't do that every day. Right. Or I just did this cleanse and I don't know why I don't do this more often. We always talk about things like that, things we know we should do, but don't necessarily do that we know is effective, that we know works. We just have to get, but we have to really become more conscientious of the fact that we're, we've been groomed to be consumers. Like the day you graduate high school and everybody, you know, you get that, 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 that speech from some politician or whoever, and they say, Hey, go out into the world and be your best self and never look back. Right. We don't even think about the implications of what we just heard. What they just told us is, don't ever think about your community. Think about yourself. Keep going. Don't worry about nobody else and nothing else. Individual, rugged individualism, right? Mm -hmm. And so we're already being groomed to get away from the idea of reach one, teach one. So you won't. Many people won't have a Sean Paul or whoever else to tell them about the the system and how to how to become successful or how to become the next Zuckerberg or whatever you need. You whatever your dream is. Somebody else is telling you, go out there and make that money so you can get you a nice house or get you a nice car, get you a nice this. What about a nice future, a nice legacy, right? Like we know, <laughs> it's, so it's that producer, consumer psychology. The, the thing, the one thing that separates us from being, from, from finding that greatness that we seek. Yeah. So I'll land there. I just wanted to put that. Thank you, Chief. And Sean Paul said this as well. He said that he has scheduled studio time with young artists who have reached out to him. Hey, I want you to show me the ropes, you know, and blase, blase. All right, no problem, come. And he'll be sitting there waiting and waiting. Calls them, yo, what's up? Where you there? You not reach yet? Why my God, I danced last night, you know, I'm just a wake up, you know. You're not serious. You want it, but you're not willing to put in the work. And then you're going to hate the person who has put in the work to accomplish the dream and the vision, who is willing to teach you how to get there. Priorities. Do you want it? Or you just say you want it. There's a difference. Talking or being about it. 
discipline. It takes discipline and effort. And there are going to be days when you just don't feel like it, but you get up. And you push yourself. Those are the days when you have to dig deeper and push yourself more. And have people around you who say, yo, boss, at time you got your in and don't you have studio session I'm on in. That's what you need. Or if you all go out and you decide to stay out late, somebody needs to wake somebody up and say, yo, 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 Sean Paul, I wait for you. Where you had the bread drink? Come, make a go. And now... If you try to reschedule with him and he tells you no, can you blame him? You can't blame him because his time is precious. The time he spent waiting on you, he could have been doing something else, helping somebody else or advancing himself. He could have been doing that. But I don't want to hear anybody say that they don't reach back and try to help because Shaggy has reached back. Sean Paul has reached back. Those two I can speak for. They have reached back. But nobody's reaching forward. You can bring the horse to the cart, I mean to the water, but you can't force the horse to drink. And that's where their minds are. Everybody, everybody, chapa, 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 chapa. Then when everything chopped down, what are going to You know, there's an African proverb that says, in, in Yoruba land, that says there are three kinds of people in the world. Those who lead, those who follow, and those who trip up the first two. <laughs> so oftentimes you get the person in the middle who said, I need Sean Paul's help. But then you got that one that's in the end who says, why do you need his help? You'll be able to go out there and say, you made it on your own. Nobody helped you. You did this yourself. Mm -hmm. Like that ego thing, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's yep. crazy. And, and, and it exists, you know, because if, if a person reached out to somebody who had that wherewithal and asked for help, there was, I promise you, there was somebody who went to that person and said, don't drink from that. Mm -hmm. You're right. I don't care how thirsty you are. Don't drink from that. You, you can do this yourself. Yeah. You're right. But really, really, that friend is like, don't leave me behind. <laughs> <laughs> stores out of Latin America, new roadblocks go up in Panama as protesters reject government deal. Protesters in Panama have erected new roadblocks, rejecting a deal signed with the government to clear the highways in exchange for a fuel price cut. On Sunday, the government and some protest leaders announced a deal to end more than two weeks of demonstrations over high fuel prices and rising living costs in the country of 4.4 million people. But on Monday, after union leaders consulted grassroots supporters on the deal, some groups decided to continue protesting, according to Luis Sanchez, a leader of the Anadepo Civic Grouping. We had warned the executive that we will have to consult the rank and file, he told TVN2 Channel. The agreement, he added, was signed under pressure. And members have opted to continue the mobilization that had seen trucks and banner-waving demonstrators paralyze the strategic Pan-American highway that connects Panama with the rest of Central America and is the main transport route for goods through the country. In the meantime, there is no agreement, said Sanchez, as he tore up a sheet of paper. The biggest protest on Monday was in the capital, Panama City, with members of the SunTracks Construction Union 
closing access roads with burning tire barricades and causing enormous traffic backups. There were also new blockades of the Pan American Highway. The protests have led to shortages of fuel and food in some areas. The government agreed on Sunday to cut the price of petrol to $3.25 per gallon and pursue talks on lowering food and medicine costs that were among key protesters' concerns. Despite its economy, which uses U.S. dollar as its currency and high growth figures, the country has a high rate of social inequality. Mexican drug lord Rafael Caro Quintero was arrested on Friday after authorities launched a joint law task force to locate him. Quintero, who was convicted of killing a U.S. DEA agent in 1985 and co-founder of the Guadalajara cartel, was portrayed in the popular Netflix series Narcos Mexico. He was captured during the night after a lengthy manhunt being carried out by the Mexican Marines and the Secretary of the Navy called Simar. The 66-year-old's arrest resulted in the deaths of 14 military personnel who died when a Navy Black Hawk helicopter crashed during the operation. The cause of the crash is currently being investigated. The drug lord had previously spent 28 years in prison after he killed DEA Special Agent Enrique Kiki Camarena but was released in 2013. He returned to drug trafficking. He will be held at the Maximum Security Altiplano Prison, which is located about 50 miles from Mexico City. He's, that's his life, and that's what he's about. He, you locked him up for drugs, he's still going to keep on doing drugs. Now it's time for another quick break when we return, believe it or not, news and entertainment news. Here is Whitney Houston. I want to dance with somebody as we continue to enjoy our turned up Tuesday, yesterday's hits, today's favorite.
Like a swinging vine, swing my heart across the line. In my face is flashing signs. Seek it out and ye shall find the old. But I'm not that old, young. But I'm not that bold. And I don't think the world is sold. I'm just doing what we're told. To all our listeners, logged on to QMZRadio.com, the quality music zone, JanoRadio.com, and everyone here with me on Clubhouse, where the conversation happens. I'm Moments With Me, and you're listening to Coffee in Tow, world news on the go every Monday through Friday, starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at me, Media Moments, on Instagram, Moments underscore with underscore me underscore media it is turned up tuesday and we're listening to yesterday's hits today's favorites today's hits yesterday's favorites and coming up right after this we have believe it or not news Do my bad habits. 
Don't forget to download download the Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O, available in your Apple and Google Play store. Take us on the go. And check out all the DJs and presenters on JanoRadio.com. Nice and in alone, conversations with a stranger. For music while you work and get through your day, check out the Quality Music Zone. QMZRadio.com. 24 hours of quality music. it's time for believe it or not stories i'm sure many of you have seen this video going around whether on facebook instagram or tiktok sesame place responds to viral video of characters snubbing two little black girls more parents share similar experiences as we reported a viral video and this story is courtesy of ball alert a viral video caught the attention of many after a Sesame Street Live character snubbed two black girls at a parade. The girl's mother posted the video showing the character walking the parade. As the performer walks down the parade waving, the two little black girls reach out to the character. Then the character motions its finger. No. Though the video cut off, the mother explained in the caption that after, the character went on, went on to hug a white girl instead. The mother labeled the character as disgusting, alleging the person blatantly told our kids no, then proceeded to hug the little white girl next to us. She added that once she complained that Sesame Place did not know who the character was and couldn't do anything about it. In addition to the anger, the mother said she would not be stopping by Sesame Place again. Since the video circulated yesterday, Sesame Place has explained it with an Instagram post. Sesame Place claims the Rosita character, No Hand Gesture, wasn't directed towards anyone specific. The Rosita performer did not intentionally ignore the girls and is devastated about the misunderstanding. However, the caption did not address if the Rosita character hugged the little white girl after telling the two black girls no. Sesame Place reinforced to consumers that their employees stand for inclusivity and equality. Meanwhile, more black parents released videos of the characters ignoring their children. Did anyone see the video? Yes, ma'am. Mm -hmm. what, what, what's your perception, Sinet? It's obvious all these little black kids have been waved off. It's like, it's like all of these um, Muppets characters are they just intentionally like pushing the kid out of this way one of them went to hug a kid and you know that your costume has a big old hoopla um hula hoop inside you should know how to position your body and knock the kid down to the floor and while it was happening did nothing until the kid was down on the ground trying to pick them up i've been looking at them they're just popping up all over the place mm -hmm. yeah it's obvious it was clearly obvious for those who haven't seen the video Sonette has posted it at the top of the link. Please click on click on it. Take a second and let us know 
how you feel about it. What do you see? Because at the end of the day, perception is based on the eye of the beholder, right? And everybody might see it a little differently. And I don't want to be hung up on what I think it is, a blatant disregard for these children. I saw the character looking at the children and no, no, no. But take a minute, look at it, and let us know how you feel. And for those of you on the radio, NPR.com has it, so uh, you can yes. check it out. NPR.org, excuse me. <laughs> Thank you, Sunette. As Sunette mentioned, it's www.npr.org. You'll be able to see the video that we are referencing of the two little black girls that were ignored or snubbed by the Sesame Place character in the parade. And Good morning. I have a question because I, I've been Good trying morning, to figure Empress. out. Good morning. Today I have off. My schedule has changed, so I'm not able to be on here as much. But I, I have been seeing that I've been, um, and I heard, I saw that someone wrote that Pennsylvania, that they're not going to go to Sesame Place in Pennsylvania because there have been a number of videos that have popped up um, which I'm assuming that people might have been like, maybe they're not doing this. We don't want to go pull the race card, you know, and then they're realizing that maybe there's something to it because there have been a number of videos that have, sh have been popping up where people like it was, it looks intentional. And so my question is, does anyone know if it's in a particular area or if this is across the board? Because if it's across the board, then that's weird. If it's in a particular area, that's also weird, right? And I don't like the way in which they handle it at the beginning, mm -hmm. you know? And for a place like Sesame, uh, place Sesame Street, it was black people who really kicked it off, like back in the day. You know, the Sesame Shop was in Queens, like the original Sesame Shop. And they did a whole, if you if you look into the, the history of Sesame Place, it was black and brown people that really kicked it off and it has it has always had a history of you know they've always big break uh broke barriers in terms of inclusivity so i hope not that i'm hoping that it's only in one place but for the the legacy and the history of this brand and the history of the people who built it who reflects the people who look like us right my hope is that if it's in Pennsylvania, because Pennsylvania has its own thing going on. Like, that's, it's very, you know, if you're not in Philly, it's it can be exceedingly um, challenging to be a person of color there. I wonder if anyone knows if it's in a particular area, if they're going to a particular Sesame Place, or if this is across the board. Because then we can say, okay, it's in one location. They need to really go in and fix it. I did not like how they handled it at the beginning. They should have said, okay, we're gonna look into this matter. This does not look good, but they kind of ignored it. Um, and then because other videos resurface, are, are resurfacing, are, are, are coming um, up, now they're saying they're gonna do a workshop, but really you need to really come a little bit harder with it because also because specifically because of how Sesame Street became successful. Yeah. Thank you, Empress. Appreciate it. Thank you. So I used to take my daughter to Sesame Place as well as my sisters and stuff to Sesame Place when I lived in New York. Um, of course, that's back when. Mm -hmm. And I've never experienced 
um, any of that. So, but times have changed, <laughs> especially after Trump. So you just, you never know. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see the look on that little girl's face? The one with the pink backpack? Did you see the look on her face? Like, what happened? Yeah. I've been seeing a lot of them too. So it's, um, on Instagram, the Shade Room it has been posting a lot of uh, videos back to back. That's um, they've been showing a lot of those videos. Don't see. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know. the The people who opt to wear the outfits of the various characters are they aware that they're parading before children of all class, color, um, or in whatever, everything. Are they aware of that? Are they aware that a lot of children were brought up in Sesame Street? There are a lot of children, regardless of color, who love Sesame Street characters, embrace the characters, are they aware? And if not, I would hope the people who are hiring you make you aware so that you can say, oh, you know what? No, let me back out. Go right ahead. I know someone opened their mic. Go right ahead. Go right ahead. I, I, here's the thing. I think that it's a part of a larger issue. I, I'm trying to find out if it's only in Philadelphia, in, in Pennsylvania, because it's. I think what what has happened was long gone Pennsylvania. I think they said. I don't know if I'm saying the name correctly. If this is happening in one particular area, but there have been instances where you know, for some reason, kids are not off limits in terms of how you treat them. And we are, just like Javette was saying, we are in a space now where it's a us versus them. And I'm not talking about black people or there's this idea in a lot of people's heads and we are seeing with the increase in shootings and, and things like that where, you know, um, I was watching a special on CNN um, around Steve Brennan, I think his name is, Brenner. So there is a whole thing Bannon. that... Bannon, yeah, that's going on, um, where, you know, after the Biden win, and, and there was a thing about who allowed Biden to win, it was black women, I think that there is something about, there's a threat there, that for some, um, are utilizing that and are doing certain things. That's my take on it because I'm. it's just too blatant. And because in our minds, we're thinking, oh no, we are past that. You know, we, we, you know Obama or how, whatever made us think like, you know, um, that we are past this and no, now they see us as human. But for anybody who has reached a certain level in business, or in life, and you've been in a space where you're the only person of color, especially if you're a black woman, there are people who will continuously try to put you in your place. Mm 
right? Mm -hmm. And there's something there. They're trying to put you because you're too uppity. You, you understand? And there's something there that is boiling there where it it has happened. It's even more blatant after, you know, Trump has been elected. But when it affects children, you know, when it affects kids in a way where you see their faces and they're not the only ones it was not the only two girls and i think for parents who are like we're trying to raise our kids without thinking about only about race they probably put it down and say you know what maybe they didn't see us maybe they couldn't see in the costume and then they look and they see that it's more it was it happened to a number of people so i i would like them to say like listen it's happening in this particular area. We can't do this because it doesn't look good. Right. And what does that say to, to, to black kids? And it doesn't, and it, and it happens to so many kids. It happens to so many people, you know, who you're overlooked for something that is more in proximity to whiteness. And that's really what it's about when it comes to things like this, right? And if you, for some reason, show that you actually are not in close proximity to whiteness, then you are told to get in your place. Hmm. And, and so, for me, it's a bigger issue, you know, because it, it's, it's, um, it happened to so many kids, and it, and you see, anyone that is perceived to be closer to whiteness was touched. Not only one video, mm -hmm. in multiple videos. That's yeah. problematic. It's it very is. problematic. Yeah. It is. Oh, boy. Thank you, everyone. Um, May I, Empress? Yeah, I can take one minute, and then I got to keep moving. Go right ahead, doctor. Empress, you said a lot, and the reason I could answer and understand the process, because I saw more than one time yesterday who we are, and that was such a great documentary. What I love about it is the receipt that is in our constitution in America to keep the black community down. It's not until I saw the documentary, I realized Tulsa, they dropped bombs, literally bombs on the black people. That was just amazing to me. So it's the supremacy of that hatred toward us is still ingrained right now. And it's, it's in every single facet of the society itself, from fun to business, to healthcare, to make sure we as a people don't rise. And that's just another example of it all. And we have to stay in their face because if we just take an apology, that's not enough. They need to do more. And we have to keep pushing that momentum so that we could get over the other side. I just agree. It's, it's yeah. just weird. Yeah. You should see schools. I agree. I totally agree, um, Dr. Daphne and Empress. Thank you so much. Uh, a Maryland man is now in police custody after he attacked a Delhi worker trying to stop him from stealing the establishment's tip jar. At around 12.38 p.m. on Thursday, 32-year-old Bryant Wack reportedly stole a tip jar from Max's Kosher Cafe, which is located on the 2300 block of University Boulevard in Gaithersburg. Gaithersburg, is that up in Maryland or Washington? In that area, isn't it? Am in I Maryland. Maryland, okay. Yeah. All right, so that wasn't too bad. Fox News reports Wack nabbed the jar from under the establishment's counter. When a worker described as an adult male tried to stop him as he was exiting the store, Bryant allegedly pepper sprayed him and stabbed him before taking off running. 
There are no details on how the victim is currently doing, but he was reportedly immediately taken to a nearby hospital with serious injuries. Police caught up with Wack when he was fleeing behind a laundromat. Wack is, what a last name to have for acting Wack, right? Wack is being held without bond and he's facing a first degree assault charge. Um, he took the tip jar, let him go. Let him go. Is it worth it? Was it worth it? In this day and age, I'm not running down nobody. You took the tip jar? Yes, it may hurt me and, you know, disappoint the staff because it's split up amongst everyone, but let him go. Let him go. It's not worth it. Not run down nobody. Let them go. You'll fit in very well in California then. <laughs> I say that... And I mean, beyond besides the fact that I mean, someone got injured. Just skip that. If he hadn't gone to stop him, he wouldn't have been injured. That's what you're saying. Yeah, I understand that. Am I right? Okay, perfect. Yeah. And there's a new. It's not new anymore. I think it's probably two years old. If you are in a store and you you can rob establishments, and they're asking security not to follow you, and they're not even prosecuting them either. So. You go to the supermarket, you go to CVS, you go to Rite Aid, you see people have their backpacks out, stuffing stuff in, and just put it back on and walk out like they did, they did their shopping. This but, is common practice. But, I hope, I mean. <laughs> but so that, is it worth going after them in that case? Though? It's not. It's not. And, they, and, they, and some companies have said to their staff, don't chase because if you get injured, then we have to pay insurance or like you get injured because these people did something to you. Yeah. But it's it's still disgusting. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm not, obviously, I'm not chasing after anybody because whatever value is in the store is not my property. Right. You know? So I'm not going to reach my hand out or my foot to trip them. I ain't doing none of that. Me neither. But I still think it's disgusting. It's com- I'm sorry. What? Repeat where I can go shopping again? <laughs> Calif- the California. entire state of California. Not just, not just northern, not southern. Anywhere in California, go to store, steal something you want under $2,000, and you will not be prosecuted. Okay, Sanette, just pick up me and give it at the airport, please. Wow. No. <laughs> Oh, yes. You know how big of a TV I can out. get for $2,000? <laughs> Let me stop. You know I'm how sorry, people. Look. It's just <laughs> jokes, people. It's just yes, jokes. We're just joking. Okay? Because Imagine I'm sure they still try look. to stop us. So, yeah, they will try to stop us, yeah. Some people are overzealous, and they're going to continue to try because they know, because they want to protect their jobs, but that's what it is. No, I'm done speaking. The job can go on. Me, sorry, my life come first. And the goods are insured, Sonette. The goods are insured, so the store has lost nothing, right? They fill out that insurance paperwork, and they are reimbursed for it. I mean, not running down nobody. If you are going to steal my car, as long as I don't have a child in that car, test I sent the, the card the other day. Like, I was on my way out, and I sent to the card. Oh, who, me? Oh. Yeah, I'm like, what card that? What card? <laughs> but yeah, um, if you're gonna steal my car as long as I don't have a child in there, go with a car because it's not worth it. Because I don't know if you're gonna pull out a gun and shoot me. Right? That's what you have insurance for. Sorry. Um, 
A Connecticut man was arrested over the weekend at a family dollar after he held the door open for two women and they didn't thank him for the gesture. Joshua Murray, 25, pointed a gun at two women in front of the store because they did not say thank you to him for holding a door open for them. Police officers responded to a call on Saturday afternoon about the incident. Though officers did not find the suspect at Family Dollar, they found him nearby with a gun in his possession. Murray was reportedly charged with carrying a pistol without a permit. Two counts of second-degree breach of peace and also interfering with an officer that allegedly took place during his arrest. He's currently held on a $25,000 bond and will appear in court on August 2nd. I don't agree with pulling the gun, but I have slammed the door in a few people's faces. I have. You know, you hold the door and they don't even have the decency to say thank you. I slam, uh, uh, mm, or I will say, what happened? Cat got your tongue? You don't have no manners? Yep. Don't pull out a gun on anybody, folks. Don't do it. <laughs> don't, don't. I just walk away and shake my head. It's not worth the confrontation. It's sad. Even children. And they look at you as if to say you're speaking a different language. No, you full well understand. If you want to say gracias, you will hear denaro or no aireke. Or no te preocupes. Don't do it. Teach your children to have a little manners. When they're at home, if they don't want to have any manners, that's, that's their problem. But when they go out in public, let them have some manners. Sometimes you feel like you could just snatch them up. But you can't. I couldn't be a teacher. I lift my hand. Ah, what's going saying? Moment, don't become a teacher. I lift my hand. No, I lift my hand. My mother taught for many years, right? And I don't know how she did it. The patience. Granted, she did high school, college, university. So, yeah, they're older children, but still, the patience. I don't know how y'all do it. I would be locked up for child abuse. I'm sorry, because somebody catching these hands. Because if I talk to Nina not hearing, yep, you getting slapped. So possibly not out, but uh, yeah, that's why certain things I know I am not supposed to do because I know what could happen. I won't do it. And that's why um, I find it weird that people know what their thoughts are about certain issues and still go into certain fields. Yeah, because you don't have the tolerance for it. Stay out of it. In entertainment news, oh, this fool again. I'm tired of him. I'm sorry. Tristan Thompson, <laughs> <laughs> Tristan Thompson spotted with mystery woman in Greece following news of second child with Khloe Kardashian. Why do I care? I don't. I don't. He's being Tristan. He's Tristan. Isn't that what Tristan does? He's doing Tristan. And Chloe, you a damn idiot. I, if, I hope you're not shedding a tear. I look at it now that you only wanted the second child with him, although it's being done by a surrogate, because you want all of your picnic them to have the same last name. <laughs> that's, that's it. You want them all to have the same father. I get it. Having a child with another man doesn't make you less of a woman. It does not. But you confine yourself to that, Tristan. Do you, Tristan? Go on and enjoy yourself because Tristan is selling against one who to say about me. I'm going to do what pleases me, which is <sighs> bless the world. <laughs> Another Nick. <laughs> Another Nick. 
he's there saying, bless me, baptize me. That's what he's saying. As he's, he's sampling the world's delicacies. That's what he's doing. Can I ask y'all a quick question? Sure, sure. So I don't follow these people, but I saw a commercial with this Chloe the other day. Uh-huh. And for some reason, her skin was darker. Because they spray than tan. Than I remember. They spray tan. Mm-mm. Yeah. That looked a little bit more than spray tan. Mm-hmm. They, listen, they have the money to get the good spray tan. They they spray tan. That's what they do. They yeah. She looks like a light-skinned black girl. <laughs> But chances are she is a light-skinned black girl. Think about that. Okay, I'm going to keep my mouth shut on that one. (laughs) I think she's a light-skinned black girl. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I don't know who classified them as white because they're not white. Well, um, Kylie and um, Kendall could pass off as white because their father is white, right? But the mother is of Iranian descent, Middle Eastern, and their father is Turkish, um, from Turkey. They're not white folks. I don't know why people think they're white. But yeah, I think I think Chloe's a light skinned dead black girl. She light skinned dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my thoughts, you know. All them rendezvous that they used to have with OJ Simpson and all of that. You know, let me mind my business, drink my water. Thank you to all of our listeners who logged on to QMZRadio.com. 
to Quality Music Zone and JanoRadio.com and everyone here with me on Clubhouse where the conversation happens. Hi, Moments with me and you are listening to Coffee in Tow, World News on the Go, every Monday through Friday starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern where I read the news and we share our views. Always great conversation, shared views, varying opinions and interesting perspectives. And here's what's coming up later on today. On JanoRadio.com at 3 p.m. Eastern, it's Strictly Foundation with DJ Trouble. Make sure you check that out. And then at 7 p.m. Eastern, we tune in to The Rose Solo Show, streaming live on JanoRadio.com, QMZRadio.com, ViscosityBlend.com, FutureFM.net, and FutureFM 98.9 in the Bronx, Westchester, and Mount Vernon. And then right after the Rosolo show on JanoRadio.com at 9 p.m., it's Vibes Tuesday with DJ Rookie. So keep it locked. If you want music, no talk, QMZRadio.com, the quality music zone, that will get you through your day. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in to Jano Radio. Jano Radio. We are we are we are online twenty four seven. We 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 hope you enjoyed the show. Bye bye. Whatever you do, wherever you go, please be safe. See you tomorrow morning, nine a.m. Eastern. Take care of yourselves.